0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, conversations with your favourite theatre actors and creatives. Hello, I'm Mikey Worrell, this week's guest is currently playing Marmee in Little Women at the Park Theatre in Finsbury Park in North London. Savannah Stevenson is probably best known for playing Glinda in Wicked for three whole years, and in that time she had four different alphabets. But she's one of those performers with a bio where you almost need to fold out an extra page in your programme, you like one of those magazine adverts on the front cover where it folds the other way. I worked out the other day that I saw her play Glinda four times while she was in the show, so it was great to be able to talk to her about that, but also to talk about this lovely little show in North London. Now, if, like me, Little Women was on your radar in some way, shape or form, maybe you'd heard a couple of songs. I had a couple of them on my phone for a long time before I actually saw the show. It's one of those Broadway shows that never crossed the Atlantic in its original form, so this is your opportunity to go and see it in the UK. Probably the most well-known song in the show is called Astonishing, and it's the one where Sutton Foster belts all the big notes, so I think that's the one most people know. And, you know, it's a great song. And as I always say, Lord knows, I love and I want song. But controversially, I actually think the song I enjoyed most seeing it live was the one that's called Five Forever, which is where all the sisters come together, and it's all like, yes, we're going to take on the world. And I love that energy. But, you know, go and see it, and then come back and tell me which song you enjoyed the most. If you don't know the source material, the show is about four sisters, all of whom have very different dreams and personalities. Their dad's off doing something in Washington during the Civil War, so he's not in it. So the sisters are all at home with their mother in Massachusetts. It was first seen on Broadway in 2005, where it ran for 137 performances. Although, as I've just read on the show's Wikipedia page, it had 55 previews, which is a very long time to be in previews on Broadway, but maybe that's just how they rolled in 2005, who knows. Anyway, that's all you need to know at this point. Here is my conversation with Savannah Stevenson. Hello. Good morning.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: I'm all right, thank you. How are you?
1: I am good. I'm a little bit tired this morning.
0: (laughs) You know what? I thought when I left the theatre last night and I saw the sign on the stairs that said private event little women drinks 10 15 I thought oh gosh 11 o'clock is very early for a morning after interview
1: I mean thankfully I don't drink but I have a toddler which I feel like is sort of the equivalent of feeling a bit rough the next morning because of getting up with him so
0: <laughs> oh gosh yeah how old
1: um he's almost two
0: Okay. Okay. My niece has is, is, is just turned two, so I can relate.
1: He's a handful and he's always up early. You know, he doesn't care that mum's just had a,
0: a press. Oh, <laughs> he will one day. He will. Um, yeah. My, my niece just turned two a few months ago. And honestly, I spent four hours with her a couple of weekends ago and I was like, okay, I'm exhausted now. Have her back.
1: It is, it is exhausting. Yes. You see, you're in that lovely position. You're like, you can be that fun uncle. And then off she goes.
0: Yeah. And, and to be honest, that's enough for me.
1: <laughs> I mean, everybody says it, that, oh, it's different with your own. And it actually is. It is different with yeah. you. You find, you find that energy. But, um, but yes, it's an interesting one with life in the theatre.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, good, for, good, for, good on you. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this, literally the morning after a press night, because it sure. must be so difficult.
1: No, it's, it's absolutely fine. Like I say, I've been up already. So, and we've actually got two shows as well today. So this helps, like, get my brain going, I think, this morning. Oh, gosh. Well,
0: (laughs) you're really going to be tired at the end of the day, aren't you? (laughs) Um, Well, we've already mentioned the fact that it was press night last night. I'll be honest. I went in almost completely cold. I knew knew three things about Little Women going in. I knew Astonishing, because Sutton Foster. I knew uh, Some Things Are Meant to Be. And I knew from the episode of Friends where Joey reads the book, I knew that Beth dies. Okay. So... Other other than that, I knew absolutely nothing. And I just thought it was such a charming, such a charming show. I really, really enjoyed it. Forgetting necessarily this production, but how did Little Women enter your world, be it book, film, show?
1: Yeah, so actually my first experience of Little Women was the recent film before I knew anything um, about this project. Um, So I I actually watched it, I think, on a flight somewhere um, and really enjoyed that. And so then when the project came up, um, and I got the role only then did I begin to read the book. So so I'm a little bit like you, that um, it was new to me too. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, one thing I had to Google when I left the theatre, um, your character Marmee yeah. is obviously the mother. And it took me, I was just like, for a few minutes, I, when you came on, I was like, so is she the mother? Oh, she is the mother. Right. Because obviously they're, they're referring to you as Marmy, your, your character's yes. nickname. yes um and I had to google that and a, and what I learned was in the in the original story they would have pronounced the r as an h so it would have been like mommy but, okay yeah
1: yeah and then it becomes but in
0: the it becomes mom mar- mar- yeah, um, mommy yeah. which is what I've heard on the cash recording before as well which is why I was like okay I, I know what that means yes um but what I was struck by was this is you're aging up in this role like this is a new bracket for you isn't it
1: um yeah I suppose so I mean I, I guess I'm aging up a little bit uh, because time passes in the show, but actually historically, as much as I suppose I am a young mommy and that's, that's fine. Um, I, I sort of take that as a compliment. Um, historically I'm kind of the right age, you know, the, um, the mm-hmm. girls are meant to be sort of 16, 17, uh, the eldest, um, at the start of the story. Um, and, but, you know, historically, I probably would have had babies at 19, 20, 21. So I'm kind of really right um, for this particular um, sort of iteration of it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. but, but it is a new thing to sort of explore this kind of role, you know, to, to play a mother. I've played a mother on screen before in television, um, but of younger children. Um, so, yeah, so it is it is a new a new thing, um, but I'm excited to sort of embrace that part of me for this project. Yeah.
0: How how has it been sort of discovering that matriarchal role, not just in a show, but also as, as part of a company?
1: Yeah, um, it's been it's been really lovely. I think what's nice about our company is that there are so many recent grads in in our show. Um, and so. You know, it's been quite nice. I guess that I'm, you know, I'm one of the more experienced people in our company, and I hope that um, you know I've been able to to sort of help our company just sort of find find their way and and a really good way to work. I hope you'll have to ask them, but um, <laughs> but you know, I've really enjoyed exploring this part of myself i think especially now i i have a child who he's he's obviously much younger uh, he's a toddler but it it has opened it sounds a bit cliche but it's opened up a new part of my heart it really has you know mommy mommy really is the heart of little women she's a single mum, um as well or in our story in the, in the novel the father does come back at some point but he's away mm-hmm. at war um you know and i so I, I feel like being a mum myself has, has opened up um, this, this kind of emotion for me. And I, and I, I really connect with it. you know, and, and spoiler alert, Beth, Beth does die in the show. And it only takes me a moment to imagine for my acting what that could feel like to lose your child. And that raw emotion, I hope, comes through on stage because it's so easy for me to just connect to that because I understand that kind of love of, uh, of a mother. It's a very unique love.
0: That feeling that you just talked about in terms of in that, in that particular number in Act 2 after Beth died, yeah. did that sort of creep up on you in rehearsals the first time you did it or had you already kind of spotted it and gone, oh, that's going to that's gonna be that feeling?
1: Yeah. Do you know what? In all honesty, I'd, I'd heard the number on the cast recording and it made me a little bit fearful um, because the way that the actress sings in the cast recording is extremely different to the way that I felt it when reading the script and the lyric. Um, and so what we've done in the show is a little bit different. We, I think we've, we've changed it a little bit to suit me, I think, and my style of singing, um, but also the way that I start the song is purposefully, it, it's a kind of speech thing. I, I hardly sing at the beginning. And for me, that just helps to really connect with that emotion. And then only when the music takes off as, as it should be in musical theater, you begin to sing when you cannot speak anymore, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I guess I was a little bit scared of that number, but I'm, I'm so glad that we've been able to embrace it in a way that hopefully, and um, you feel that it, it suits me and suits what we're doing in that moment in our piece.
0: That's such an interesting thing to say. I don't think anyone's ever told me that they felt scared of a number because mm. of how it sounded on a recording.
1: Yeah. Before. I mean, I, I just think, you know, the casting in the original Broadway production, the mommy was older, much older than mm-hmm. me. Um, and and therefore, I think just sings it in a different way, in a different style. Um, sure. And so I hope what we've done really suits our piece.
0: Totally. And I think I read something, I can't remember where, a few months ago that was saying how when you're learning a show, you the cash recording is great, but it's that's not the score and it's not always representative of the score.
1: Yes. And and I actually had to be reminded our brilliant director Broner, really, you know, I, I sort of had a day in rehearsals where I felt very vulnerable about it. And I felt like, am I delivering this in the right way? And she was so brilliant at, at reminding me that this is our version and this is your version. And it really helped me to take ownership of that. But, yes, it is different. And you hear, you know, you hear something on a cast recording and then to actually play it out with our voices and our casting. And I hope you'll agree that our casting is so special. It, it, it's quite unique. It, it's, a, mm. it's, We've put together uh, Jane Deitch, our casting director, and the and the team have just put together a very unique cast, but it works so beautifully because everyone's different, um, and I I love that. How, how did you feel about that? Did you enjoy that I,
0: part? I I completely agree. Yeah, um, and everyone stood out in their own individual way mm. for me. Mm. Um, and I, I particularly loved loved Amy. Um, yes. forgive me, I don't know her her real yes, name. Yes, Mary. Um, yes, yeah. I just thought she particular you know, her, her arc really come, you know, the way that that builds up and then she comes back from Europe. I just thought she did that. She did a yes. really terrific job. And
1: she, she's so wonderful. And, you know, she's a very recent um, graduate and she's got funny bones. You know, we we all love her backstage as much as we love her on stage as well. And you're right. I think she, she's really given that part, a uh, new life, which I just love.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the I, I do want to talk about your first act number as well because i was i was reading the shows wikipedia page this morning and and it talks about how mommy really only expresses her fears and and sort of struggle when she sings and the rest of the time she really is putting on this stoic appearance but you you just bring such a like your face just has this natural warmth to it and that and it just works with this, like with this casting as well. Like mm. they all just seem to gravitate to you. Do you do, do you sort of feel that magnetic energy, or or is that just something that you're kind of like
1: okay? <laughs> um, do I? F- I don't. I don't know. um As I feel magnetic energy, I mean it's wonderful to to hear that you feel that. I think for me, um, I'm just trying to connect with the lyric. I, I think it's a really astute observation, actually that that. Th- through most of the scene work that Mami has, um, until the end anyway, she's much less vulnerable. She is trying to be the disciplinarian, the you know, she's trying to be everything in the, in the home and, and, and guide her girls. And then she has these quiet moments alone when her true feelings come through. Um, but what I do love about our production uh, is, is my relationship with the girls sort of on and off stage um we all get on so well we all share a dressing room um and um yeah it 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 is really nice so perhaps that's what you feel and I hope that that comes through
0: definitely definitely does and I think the other thing that struck me with mommy as a character in a way that I don't I don't remember having felt before was that her presence obviously when she's on stage is is so the center of things because she's the mother but also when she's not there is is it you're very much feeling not where is she, but sort of what's she going through in this moment as well? You know, when, mm-hmm. when Beth dies, for instance, mm-hmm. Mommy isn't there. Uh-huh. And you think, oh, God, like that must that must kill her that she isn't there. Yes.
1: Well, there, there's a line later in the piece and Jo is sort of blaming herself for for leaving. And, and, and Mommy says to her, no one could have done more for Beth than you did. And I think that there is guilt there for Mommy because she she isn't there in that moment in our, in our piece um and you know so I, so yes i think i think there's a lot of detail like that um that that mommy holds and carries through act 2 um that that then kind of you know then contributes to that release of of energy and emotion in uh, days of plenty
0: mhm yeah uh, you mentioned the director Brona. This is her second time doing the show she did it at the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester uh, four years ago. On the first day of rehearsals, did because I didn't see that production, so I don't know how visually how similar it is. But did she did she make a point of saying you know this forget what's ha- what's come before like this is this is new.
1: Um. Uh, sort of yes and no. So I think Brona does have such a personal, special connection to the show. She is one of four sisters too. Um, oh right, okay. and, and and so I think there is definitely the feeling that Hope Mill is is part of what we're doing for sure. Um, but we as a cast, everybody is new. So we don't know what, what was before. So I'm sure that there is an overlap and there are things in Brona's direction that come through in our production that were there before. But I think that we've all kind of breathed, um, you know, a new and future life um, into this one. Even the design. Um, so we, we have the same designer too. But I think that this version is, is a little bit different and, and specifically created for the Park Theatre.
0: If if you'd been in the show, however many years ago, which which daughter would you right liked <laughs> to have played?
1: Um, that's a re- that's a really interesting question. Um, I think, I think I probably would have been cast as Meg. I think that's probably my my casting when I was sort of a Juve lead. Um, uh-huh. uh, but you know, it's it's lovely because all the girls are so different, um, and and exciting for their own. It for their own reasons and you know the character of Beth is so subtle and moving and beautiful and then like you said you have Amy who goes on this lovely journey you know and then not to mention Jo of course um who who is so feisty and you know just making her way in the world um and and they're all they're all beautiful in their own way but I probably would have been a Meg and if I was a Meg then I would get to sing that beautiful duet that that they have which is so
0: stunning. Did you think about which daughter you might have been before you sort of when you were sort of thinking about Mommy, and did you sort of approach mommy of, as a as an older meg in in a way like does I, that make sense
1: actually no I, I hadn't thought about it um but then, as I read the book and our script, actually I see more of an affinity with Mammy and Joe, which might seem um odd when when they seem so different in the piece, but I think that I think that mommy um has learned to harness the rawness that Joe offers um, mm-hmm. and th- there's a line i 'm going to completely misquote it from the book but there's there's a line that mommy says uh, in the book that's something like i'm i'm angry every day of my life and yet mommy doesn't doesn't come through that way she's warm and she's um, caring and, and all of those qualities and I think she 's an example of someone that has so purposefully tried to harness their emotion for good. I feel that mommy's always working and helping and serving other people. And so I think that affinity is actually there with Joe. And I think, and and again in that scene going into days of plenty, um, I think you see that a little bit more. I think, I think Joe kind of accuses her of not feeling the way that Joe's feeling. And I think mommy goes, yes, I am, you know. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's actually the closer affinity surprisingly
0: so you're doing little women just up until Christmas and then finishing just before is that is that like the ideal scenario for you or do you like being in a show throughout the festive season
1: um I would say it's quite ideal for for me um i I do love um having family time at christmas i i think I think in a way it's a shame because. I really think this is perfect family viewing over Christmas. Um, but it would be nice if the show had another life somewhere. Um, but no, I'm, it, it's, it's a really nice short run. Um, so I'll be happy to spend Christmas
0: too. Um, in terms of approaching work after COVID... You know, we've all felt such high stakes in our daily lives for the last eighteen months. You know that 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 real anxiety of and fear of th- and feeling of threat. Is it hard to approach a show, or harder to approach a show like this that's set in a simpler time and sort of leave that pandemic feeling at the door?
1: Mm, that's a really interesting question. You know, I think that I don't think we do completely leave it at the door because I think you're you're always trying to look for parallels and ways into a piece and and you know this this piece is set the backdrop is the American Civil War Mm -hmm. and I think there is a feeling underlying in this piece that the world isn't settled it's not a settled world that mommy is struggling alone that have that her husband's away you know all of all of that is happening and I think we we felt a sense of that in the pandemic, too, and still do um that there are people on the front line, for example, or that you know we have lost people that we love or you know that people have have um, suffered through this in various ways, you know economically too um so so I don't think we do quite leave it at the door i think I think we um, we look for ways to make our story feel relevant to us and find those parallels that we can then dip into from an acting point of view to, to make us understand the story that we're telling.
0: I hadn't thought about it like that actually. Um, And I suppose that's definitely sort of present in the father's absence.
1: Yeah. And I think it really helps that family dynamic. I think it helps you to feel that this is a story about women and and women finding their way in the world or for mommy, you know, keeping her family together, making sure that her girls are strong and are pursuing their passions and are, you know, working on themselves and their character. And, you know, all of all of those things, I think, become really present.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, I'd love to ask you about some of your previous roles, if that's OK. Of course. Um, uh i can we talk about wicked first is that okay i think
1: we've got to haven't we (laughs) yeah
0: i mean it's just it's stick in anyone's bio it's just right there you know um three contracts as glinda i i have to ask is it just the hardest job to leave
1: (laughs) i mean actually it's such a wonderful job but i was at the end of those three years i was i was ready to leave i think it's just one of those jobs that they're rare you know you're as an actor you're always moving on you're always doing new things and that's brilliant but there's also something to be said for having a bit of stability but I think what's different about playing Glinda and the reason I felt I could stay um is that she's such a challenge I never felt complacent I always felt the nerves before going on stage and and her, her journey in the show is not linear. It, it, it's, it, she really does change and evolve throughout the story. And there are so many different ways that you can play various moments. So I always felt I had a way to go with her. All the time, and which is why I felt I could stay. Um, and, and on a personal level, so much was happening in my personal life, uh, too. You know, I, I got married and I bought a house and, you know, all of that stuff was happening behind the scenes, too. And it just felt like the right thing for me to stay. And I really enjoyed it.
0: People often talk about the, the buzz about when the show was coming in, in 2006. Was that the first time you heard of the show or was it something you were aware of from quite early on in its life?
1: Yeah. So I'd only recently left drama school. Um, so there was there was a real a buzz about it. And actually, in that original production, um, I auditioned for the show and I auditioned as Nessa Rose and, and, oh, wow. and got quite far and then didn't get the job. And then I didn't revisit it until I then came up for Glinda. So it, so I sort of had a kind of earlier journey with it that, that didn't work out. So, it, so yeah. Um, so I did have an awareness of it. And I just loved the score. I think I was like everybody listening to it, uh, listening the, to the cast album at home.
0: That's so interesting that you went in for Nessa. So mm-hmm. when Glinda came up, was that something that came to you or was that you going, let's give Glinda a whirl?
1: no it was something that came to me I sort of I always knew that the part would suit me vocally um Mm -hmm. but I always kind of discounted myself because of my look I'm a brunette for a start I think I thought that I would have to walk in to it and be this blonde bombshell Glinda um and and so when the audition came up I was like oh okay sure I'll I'll give it a go and um and it, then it actually all happened very quickly um, and, and I was offered the role. And, it, and, and it's really, I mean, it's so wonderful. This is why I love my job because I get to play a role like Glinda and now I get to play a role like Marmee. The two could not be more different. And I'm so mm-hmm. excited to sort of, to, to offer that and share those different parts of myself. Um, yeah, it's been exciting
0: you, you played opposite. I mean, you had four full-time alphabets during your run. Yes.
1: It was so much fun. And, um, and you know, you just, you just have such a close relationship, um, in, in, with those two, those two roles together. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I loved feeling what each of the different, um, actors brought to that role um, I came into the show with um Willemann Verkaik um, so and that was such a buzz because she had played it before on Broadway and in Germany and in Holland I think um,
0: yeah
1: and uh, so it was it was such an exciting time for me because I was so new to it um that I really felt that we could just discover it together but with her experience helping to lead us. Um and so that was really exciting for me. But, but I I've really enjoyed all of my partnerships in the show.
0: Was there a particular affinity you felt with with your Act 1 Glinda or your Act 2 Glenda? Did did one sort of stick out to you more as as as, a, as an embodiment of yourself?
1: <laughs> um I mean yes, I think I think I identify me. Savannah identifies more with that to Glinda uh, because, you know, I, I all of the popular stuff and, and that side of Glinda, I think is much less of me. Uh, it's still in there somewhere because I'm able to, to bring it out. But I mean, in, in a way, that was the real joy of playing that character, because I just got to be so silly w- with her and 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 I really did try and make her my own I purposefully did not um watch the show once I knew that I had the job um mm-hmm. I really wanted to to yeah m- make her my own but I think I did identify much more with with that too glinda she's gone on an emotional journey by that point and she is starting to be good to to have to find that good part of herself. And I hope that that I can identify with that.
0: I mean, Elphaba is so so much more talked about in the musical theatre canon, isn't she? But Glinda definitely goes on the bigger journey, I would say, from where she starts to where she finishes.
1: Definitely. I think that's the joy of her. I mean, Elphaba is such a wonderful character, but you always know where she's going. She has a real linear journey. Um, She wants something and she goes after it. Is basically it. You know, Glinda, um, she has to really address parts of herself to accept others and really change the prejudices that she feels. And, um, you know, and she learns, she really grows up, actually, Glinda. And um, she, she's such an exciting role. And she's such an exciting role to sing because she does everything vocally. Um, mm. And that was actually. You know, the, the challenge, of course, of Elphaba is she has these huge belted notes, these moments um, that are so taxing vocally. And and for Glinda, I do think it's a, it's a really challenging vocal part as well, because you have to keep that crystalline soprano as well as doing the, the more belty side mm. of the material as well. Um, so they're both incredibly challenging roles for very different reasons, I think.
0: Which of, the, which of those big Glinda numbers did you enjoy the most, but also which did you sort of feel was the most layered and that you had the most to sort of bite at?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, I think, I think the layering really starts to come through at the top of Act Two um, in Thank Goodness. That's okay. when you start to see the facade melts away in moments and you can actually bring in some vulnerability that Glinda doesn't really experience in, in act 1. Um my favorite moment in the show was always for good. Um just because by that point you you've kind of done all the really challenging stuff the stuff that makes your heart beat fast like popular because when if you fall off that wagon you can't get back on. So yeah. so I always enjoyed it, but it was always like, oh, "I hope it goes well," you know. Um, whereas by the time I, I got to, um, to for good, I could always just stand and sing and connect with my alphabet and and enjoy that moment. So that was always a highlight for me every show.
0: What was it like? I mean, you said you said goodbye to four different alphabets in that in that song. Which which was the hardest?
1: Oh gosh. That's a really, really tough question. I think I think maybe I think maybe there were two moments that were the hardest. And I think the first one was with Villamine, when Villamine was leaving this show, just because she had to leave a little bit early because she had a back injury. Mm-hmm. Um and and that was really tough. That was really, really tough. And playing that show with her and we sort of gave us a, a speech at the end of the show and it was I, I was so sad that that she had to leave, but of course she came back with a triumphant return uh, later on. And then I guess the other most difficult goodbye um, was in my last show with Emma. Um, and you know, because you find you find so much of yourself in the relationships that you have on stage, and so it just becomes very easy to connect with it. And and when you're leaving the show. You're also singing the song for good about leaving each other. You know, it's very poignant.
0: Um, much has been made about the, the casting of the film, um, which nobody ever thought was going to actually get made. <laughs> I know. Um, it's
1: been so long, hasn't it?
0: I know. <laughs> um, what 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 was your reaction?
1: Oh, I think it's brilliant. I'm so excited for the for the casting. I'm so excited that they're finally doing it. Um, and I I really hope it's a huge success. And I hope there's a little cameo in there for me. I'd love to pop up, you know, in Emerald City or something. That would be they brilliant. have to bring
0: all of you back. Please do.
1: They, they have to, right? They've got to find a way. So um I really <laughs> I desperately hope that that will happen. But I'm so excited for the casting. And I think um, you know, I I think. I think it's just, I think it's time. I think it's time to do it. And there's such a, uh, it it seems to be such a time for musicals on film again. And that's so exciting. So I just know that they'll do a brilliant job and it will be spectacular.
0: Last last question on Wicked. Have you been back to see it since you left?
1: So um, I have, I've only been once because I couldn't make the, um, they just celebrated uh, another birthday I mm-hmm. couldn't make it thankfully because I was filming a delightful tv show um so the last time that I saw it I think was going back to see Bill of Mine when she went back in okay uh was it for the 10th so,
0: um yeah yeah so when she replaced Rachel yeah so um, I haven't
1: seen it since then
0: was it was it weird watching your one of your alphabas do it without you
1: so um I think I definitely did feel you know when when Villa came back I would so have loved her to have come back during my time I would have mm-hmm. loved to have been reunited with her and she's such a dear friend um but equally I I just sat there and I felt just in awe of everyone including Villamine. and you know just as such a sense of supporting her, even though I wasn't up on stage with her, just feeling like it was actually really lovely to go. Oh, my goodness. Like I was part, a part of that relationship and she's so wonderful on stage. Um, so. So, yes, and no.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I get that um I know I know it was a, a while ago but I'd love to ask you about Mary Poppins just oh, because yeah. you were you were there at the very beginning and it's mm. my fiance's absolute favorite show he oh. is obsessed um but I never I never saw that first original production so my introduction to it was was the the last national tour of 2015 yeah um so obviously different house and all of that when and was was Poppins your first gig out of drama school?
1: Yes, it was. I mean, I was so lucky. I was cast in Mary Poppins during my time at drama school, so okay. I actually left early um, to to go and join the company, which is phenomenal and uh, amazing. Um, I felt incredibly lucky. Um, so yes. So it was so amazing, you know, to be 21 and to be in a room with Cameron McIntosh and Richard Eyre and Laura Michelle Kelly and you know all these amazing people that and, and I just soaked it up like a sponge. I just watched and and tried to learn as much as I could, but it was really the best foundation for me to see how a show works from the ground up. And I, I think the other thing too is you know, when you go into a show like Wicked. It because it is a set thing already. There are quite strict guidelines that you have to follow in order to fit mm-hmm. into the show. In order to to go through a cast change, and then you find your way and you find your detail, you know. And doing something like Mary Poppins was my first experience of creating. Um, and even as an ensemble member, I was in the ensemble and I covered. Um, Who did you cover? I covered um, Mrs. Banks and Mary.
0: Okay. Did you ever go on as either of those? I
1: never went on. I was, I was second cover for both and I never got to play them. um, Which I suppose is a testament to Laura and Lindsay for hardly ever being, being away. Um, But, but I mean, that in itself, you know, being able to cover those two brilliant women um, was, you know, so good for, for me to, to witness and and learn from for sure.
0: Mm. So you must've had a cover. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, you must've had a cover run as each. Uh-huh. Yes. What, what was, what was the flying like?
1: Yes. Amazing. I mean, I may have some pictures that I may have taken at the time. So I do, okay. ha- I have evidence. <laughs> um, the flying is amazing. And, I mean, it, it's so wonderful that it's returned to the Prince Edward Theatre um, because as you f- as you fly out as Mary, you you are so high. You go right, right up to the top. And then it's the race back down the stairs to make it for the curtain call. Um, yes, I've heard. But I, I loved the flying. It was, uh, yeah, such
0: a thrill. What was scarier, flying as Mary or the bubble?
1: <laughs> um Oh, I mean, I I don't think I felt scared for either. But I think Mary's flight across the audience feels um, more sort of exposed. I don't know if that's the right word uh, yeah, yeah. Than, than the bubble. The only thing I would say about the bubble, though, is that it does move. So once you're in there, if you want to shift your weight or move your feet, it does move the bubble. Oh. So so uh yeah so that's a funny experience and the other thing with the bubble too is that you go up um they call clearance on the show and you go up before the the music starts and before the show starts and occasionally you can go up and then you hear that oh there's a problem or we're waiting for someone or you know and so you can be up there (laughs) for quite some time as well so I guess that's that's slightly scary but I always enjoyed being being up there
0: Oh, wow. That, that is a fright. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit scared of heights, which, yeah. Oh, are so you? That would be, yeah. I mean, the thing is you're, you're so strapped in and touch wood. They've never had a fall. So no, you no, know, no, you, no. by that, by that many years into the run, you're probably like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah.
1: And they are so meticulous when it comes to safety. Mm. And, and actually even the, um cause obviously you're clipped in at the back. Of, I'm giving all the secrets away, but you're clipped in at the back of the bubble and there's actually a camera that picks that up. So it is oh. monitored um, at the side of the
0: stage. So so safety is key. Yes. God, I didn't, I never knew there was a camera. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. gosh, yeah, that, we can that, see. that's good to know. Good yeah. to know. Um, when when people come and see Little Women, how do you want them to feel as they leave?
1: I, I want people to feel like they've had a really enjoyable show. You know, the show um, does pull on the heartstrings for sure, but it's also joyful and fun and funny. So I think I would want to have them feel like they've really been entertained. Um, but also I think the joy of theater is that it it can sort of pierce the heart. It can change you. Um and I hope that it might make people think about their family relationships, you know, to think about the strength of family, the importance of family. Um, and, and to come out feeling like you might want to call your mum or you might want, do you know what I mean? Or you, you, um, you want to go and, and have that quality family time together.
0: Your, your bio in the programme says that you're on the Love Never Dies album, but mm. the show isn't in your list of credits. Mm. What, was that a separate thing? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, yes, it was.
1: So when, um, when Love Never Dies was happening, the album was actually recorded before the show okay so the album is actually a concept album as opposed to a cast recording which was right. why i was involved in the album
0: yeah Ah, they didn't make that clear because it came out i remember it came out very very early in the run so uh-huh. I, and it but ah good to know he loves the concept album doesn't he lord weber
1: he does he does yes i think he he loves to to get that music out there as soon as the show opens
0: which good tactic, I um, suppose. Um, one thing I always love to know about people in the industry is how outside of work, how much of a theatre nerd are you? Like, is it something that you are properly invested in and listen to and read about? Or is it just the job?
1: Um, it's definitely not just a job. I think uh, it's always been an interest. It started as a hobby that's become my career. Um, So I think I try and keep pretty much up to date with what's going on. Um, But I don't think I'm truly a nerd. I think I do okay in like a pub quiz on musical theatre or theatre. I think I do well. Um, But I think more and more, I so value my family life and my life outside theatre that as much as I enjoy it, i have enjoyed coming you know coming home too
0: mm-hmm. yeah i get that um what what's the soundtrack to your life at the moment what what music are you listening to
1: mm. so in terms of in terms of musical theater
0: well just anything ah. whatever your jam is right now
1: well you see i'm such a fan of like older like older older music <laughs> so i'll <laughs> listen to like Natalie cole or um do you know what i love on my playlist right now is a lot of gregory porter because i think his voice is just divine and then in terms of musical theater um i've been enjoying listening to bright star i really want them to do bright star here um that's not one i'm
0: familiar with i've heard of it but i can't place it
1: yeah it's it's like a lot of like bluegrass music it's uh, written okay. by steve martin um i just think it would be so perfect to do it somewhere like the dunbar or even somewhere like the park uh, you know a yeah, kind they're of, very
0: similar aren't they Yeah,
1: they're so similar the two theaters are so so similar um yeah yeah go have a listen it's 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 really really okay. fun it's a great show and i would love them to do it here
0: great recommendation thank (laughs) you um the last question i like to ask people and if you can't think of one off the top of your head don't worry um is there a lyric that you often have in your mind or that when you hear it it really resonates with you that or like a lyric that you always often go back to Mm. just in life
1: huh i don't know about a lyric but i do i do have a bit of a mantra when it comes to performance and i share this because i do i do a lot of um coaching and teaching alongside acting and so i always share this with my students as well i had a bit of a realization a few years ago whenever i used to get like performance anxiety and feel stressed Mm -hmm. and um so my mantra has become nothing to prove only to share and and that idea of you know letting go of feeling watched or or um criticized and instead sharing our gifts and doing it with love and compassion for our audience um has helped to shift my mindset so i'm i'm sorry it's not a lyric but um but it is something that i i say to myself before performances to just go okay go share go share what you've prepared
0: oh i love that that's that's wonderful (laughs) um what you just said about your mantra really just made me wonder has there been a point in your career where you maybe struggled with anxiety more than at other times
1: yes um I've I've always had a sense of performance anxiety and uh, but it really sort of raised its head when I was doing wicked um just because it it is a highly pressured show as much as it's um Mm. really fun and, and brilliant it's hard work and it's pressured um and I started to feel uh, like sometimes I would really be in my head um, and not in a positive way. And so I got a little bit of um, sort of coaching for that. And it's it's really helped to, to shift my mindset. And I think I deal with things so much better. It's funny, actually, because I was speaking to our director brona last night and she said you know how did the show go and i said oh i felt a little bit nervous in the first part but then i settled down she's like you don't get nervous do you i'm like yes <laughs> i do i really do but but i you know it was nice hearing from her that that what i do feels grounded um and i think that's been a really positive change in the last few years in a shifting of perspective to, to again to help me think about sharing what i have rather than expecting to be criticised.
0: That's so interesting. You, I mean, you, you didn't show any nerves. From what I <laughs> say. It, you, you just bring such a stillness to it. It was, it was just beautiful. To oh, watch. Thank you. Um, thank you. So, well, no, no, thank you. Cause it's just always such a pleasure to see you in, in everything. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't want to end on a question about anxiety, but I guess that's just where we are. I mean, <laughs> what, well, let me, let's just, I'll tell you what, um, to, to end our little chat, um, what are you doing for the rest of the day before your two shows?
1: <laughs> well, I haven't got that long. So I, will probably steam my voice Mm -hmm. and I will probably eat some lunch and then go and do two shows. I mean, it's as, it's as basic as that today, I think.
0: (laughs) It's like living like a nun, isn't it? Do
1: you know what actually, do you know, actually on this job, part, part of the reason that I wanted to do this after having a baby and coming back into work is that this role it's such a lovely role, but the show isn't on my shoulders. Um, and you know, in something like Wicked, you really do live like a nun. You know, you mm-hmm. go to no loud restaurants. You, if if I went into a loud restaurant, I would leave. You know, you I would have full days of vocal rest and all of that stuff. And and obviously, I'm going to take care of myself on this show, and uh, uh, like I will always do. Um, but it isn't just on my shoulders. So um, so it's felt like a really nice return because I'm balancing being a mum at home and 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 doing that almost full time as well. So um so that's what my days are really. My days are with my boy and then I go off to work.
0: That's how we'll end the interview. There we go. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: <laughs> uh, well listen thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to meet you.
1: So so nice to meet you and I'm so glad that you enjoyed the show.
0: Have a really good two shows.
1: Lovely thank you. Bye. Bye bye.
0: You can see Savannah in Little Women at the Park Theatre until the 19th of December. For tickets, head to parktheatre.co.uk. I would advise sitting in the stalls if you can. The circle at the park is just a little bit tight, and it can be a little awkward trying to get to your seat if you have to get past people who are already sitting down. I am speaking from experience here. If you enjoyed this episode, please do go to the Backstage with Apple Podcasts page and leave a rating and a review. It helps me convince people to come and talk to me, so that's what's in it for you. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.